You are listening to the Grow Law Firm Podcast, where each guest shares actionable, practical ideas with you on how to get more clients, expand your reach, and grow your law firm's revenue and profit. Here's your host, Sasha Burson. Welcome to Grow Law Firm Podcast. I have an amazing guest here today. His name is Heinan Landa. Heinan runs an IT firm that works mostly with mid-sized law firms, between 10 and maybe 200 lawyers. Heinan, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. It's awesome to have you here. I know you wrote the book, The Modern Law Firm. I usually do not ask my guests about books that they write, but because you wrote the book, tell us what it's all about, starting with the promotion of the book. Look, it's an Amazon number one bestseller in the category of office technology for law firms. So it's not like trailing by Harry Potter. No, no, no. Harry not Potter right. is just one or two above me. <laughs> yeah, just one or two. Okay. okay. It's actually very interesting because it's not a technology book. And it's important to point that out. It's a call to action for law firms. And it came out right as the pandemic started. It literally came out in April 2020 because what's happening here is technology is advancing pretty quickly. If you go back 20 years and you compare technology for law firms 20 years ago, you know, with fax machines and Word, perfect. And we look at what is happening now with document management systems and with cloud-based time and billing systems and document co-authoring and collaboration and everything. You can actually see it when you actually look at the two different time periods. You can see the incredible change in technology for law firms and The point of the book is, guys, you got to get on this. This is a wave that is going to continue to accelerate. It's going faster and faster and faster and faster. It is actually growing exponentially. And I bring examples for that. And so the entire book is a call to actions for law firms not to just say, hey, technology is an annoying expense and we don't want to deal with it and we'll pay what we have to pay to back up our servers, to changing your approach to saying, let's embrace technology as a way to interface with our clients better, to provide them a better client experience, to get better referrals, to grow our operations, our firms, and really thrive. That is literally the point of the book. So it was very interesting that we had it ready to go and I was about to release it. And then the pandemic hit. And what happened in the pandemic was in two months, Law firms adopted two to three years worth of technology change because we all went home and we had to learn how to operate from behind our screens. And in most cases, law firms were recording record profits during that time because people were working hard. They didn't have to commute to the offices. They didn't have to go travel to client sites. You know, and all of a sudden things started moving a little faster. Now I think the pendulum is swinging back the other way a little bit where many of the firms are. They're not coming back full time, but, you know, there's a nice hybrid going on in most cases and two days a week, three days a week in the office and other days at home. But regardless of where that pendulum swings, technology is such a vibrant and useful tool to help push your firm forward and make it stickier with the clients, you know, and a better experience with the clients that you got to get on top of it. So what we did besides lay out the whole case for this in the book is we put out a model. I call it the technology operational maturity model, which basically is a benchmark against a well-performing law firm in technology on 
all aspects mm. of 14 different elements like security and operations, but all the way up to innovation and client interaction and all the different elements of how technology can really serve you well as a law firm and where you rank in each one of those elements so that you can actually, if you pick up this book, the last part of the book is just the presentation of that model. It's not very complicated. It's on a business level, not a technology level. And you can sit there and you can benchmark yourself and you can say, okay, out of three, my firm is a 2.1. How do I get to a 2.2? How do I get to a 2.3? How do I very slowly but surely move the needle so that technology is not just a cost, but it really becomes an investment and a business tool that I can use. So let me add some data to back up what you said and also ask you an interesting question. So a few weeks back, I interviewed an executive from Clio, which I think everyone in the space knows what Clio is, whether you use it or don't use it, whether you love it or hate it. Here's the data he shared with me because they have vast amount of data because I think their customer base is now over 100,000 firms. Mm -hmm. 1.7 hours per day is the actual utilization rate of a typical attorney. As in, a typical lawyer does 1.7 hours of billable work per day. Wow. When they fully implement Clio, goes up substantially. It goes from 1.7 to, if my memory serves me right, 2.3. That 2.3, that delta of 0.6 hours, results in savings of approximately 300 labor hours on administrative stuff on annualized basis. So now, let's think about it not as lawyers, not as consultants. Let's think about it as business people. You can do a lot with 300 hours per attorney in your law firm especially if you run a law firm with like 10 attorneys. Now we're talking about 3,000 hours a year. Tremendous wasted resources if you do not have this optimist. Now, I want to switch back to your 14-point checklist. I think you call it mature technology implementation or something along those lines. I want to think about it this way. You and I, by a law firm, we implement this mature technology checklist model. It's called a model or whatever you called it. We're business people. We're not lawyers. We do not do lawyering. We're just business people. We're concerned about our income statement or profit and loss statement and our balance sheet. Okay. When we implement this technology, what happens to our revenue and profit in year one, two, three? I understand that it's an investment up front, but what happens to our business from the miracle standpoint after we implement this system? Well, I wish I had tons of data to throw at you. I don't, but I can tell you empirically what I have seen happen for law firms. The model I talked about starts at a foundational level where on the bottom of this pyramid, you are dealing with security, reliability, backups, technology operations, things that you as a lawyer do not need to think about. So if you're spending your time worrying about these elements, that is time better spent either billing, growing your firm, talking to clients, retaining clients. So there is a time element here that if you're doing these things properly, if you can hire a new attorney and you know that they're going to be onboarded correctly with the right permissions, with the right programs, with the right training, all that, if you know that your systems are as reliably as possible in the cloud with proper secondary backups, where you don't 
have to worry about this and with the right security. Because if you look at like the average cost of a security breach in this size law firm we're talking about, you're talking about $4.5 million. This is according to the annual IBM cost of security breach, you know, cost of security breaches survey that they do. And it's gone up from like 3.7, I believe, million to 4.5 just over the pandemic because of the huge rise in scammers and things like that. And in my model, this is the bottom, this is the baseline level. You do not want to subject yourself to a risk like that. It's part of what we do in IT is we de-risk the law firms. Nobody needs that in their life. Nobody should be walking around with their client data and worried about whether there's going to be a breach and whether they're going to have to put out four and a half million dollars. And that's the average. So that's the foundation. There's a peace of mind there. There's an ability to concentrate on other things. As you climb this ladder, you can turn your attention not to the basics, not to the foundation, which gives you some financial return and ability to use other resources better, but to ways to connect better with your clients. I'm going to give you two examples real quick. We in my company, we use Slack. And many people use Teams. Lots of attorneys are using Teams in Office 365. We use Slack. Same concept, right? Like you can communicate with each other and it's quick and it's messaging and you can share documents and so on and so forth. My attorney maintains a presence in my company Slack. That means that if I want to connect with him, if I got a quick legal question for him, I just text him inside of my company's life, just like I would direct message, just like I would any other person in my company. How sticky is that? How connected is that? How many attorneys are willing to be in my company Slack channel? I got 55 people in my company. He's 56. He's hanging out there, right? Like that is amazing. What kind of a client experience am I having? If I need to work on a document, an HR situation with him, I can bring in the HR manager, bring him in, share the document, explain the situation, we're off to the races. There's no emails flowing back and forth, there's no phone calls, you know, it's quick, it's efficient, it makes me as a business owner happy. So from the law firm side, this guy has made himself so valuable to me. And you know that the cost of getting a new client is so much more than the cost of keeping an existing client. Sure, but this specific example only applies to one segment, right? That's corporate lawyers, everybody else, estate planners, criminal defense. You're correct, I am talking about that. But let me take you to the next example, which is the idea of co-authoring. So maybe you've done this, you can do it in Office 365, you can do it in Google, you can do it in places. Let's say you're working on a document together. You can be in the document at the same time, Sure. right? Commenting, editing, stuff like that. When was the last time you actually saw this sort of co-authoring, this ability to review a document live, real time, work on it, get it done. It doesn't happen that often between law firms and their clients. I agree with you 100%. Our corporate lawyer Mm -hmm. sends me everything in Word, convert it into Google Doc, and then ask them to work in my Google Doc. Yeah. Now you can do that in Word online too. Just don't like Word online. That's fine. But I'm just saying, conceptually speaking, If the law firm had the facilities to do that with you, and that was part of their natural approach to working with you, they have become tighter with you. Sure. So yes, my examples are more on the corporate law. And I will say that more of my clients are dealing with corporate law, intellectual property, than the transactional estate and family law and things like that. But the concept is the same. 
find ways to use technology to make the client experience better. And that will result in more business, better business, more referrals, better overall client experience, which I believe translates to more money. <laughs> oh, I, I agree, obviously. You make yourself less transactional, you make yourself more valuable to the business, customer lifetime value will increase. Yes. With them sticking with you for longer and with them giving more referrals. That's undeniable. Yeah. I wonder if you and I were to buy a law firm, as just two business guys, we buy a law firm, not lawyers, obviously. What are the top things that you would implement in the law firm straight out of the gate? that would help us either increase revenue or cut costs that would lead to better profitability? So it's a great question. And I'm a little biased, right? I mean, I run a technology company. (laughs) So, you know, every firm is going to be different. Every firm needs a proper analysis and figuring out what is actually happening there. But one of my top things would be to make sure that they have a thoughtful, proactive, competent technology partner. I think that actually goes a long way along the lines of everything I just shared with you. The second thing is I tend to dive in more into operations and procedures on the administrative side. So to have a firm administrator, managing partner combination that actually thinks about it in a business sense. And I've seen some very inefficient processes happening in law firms. Anything from technology, are they working from home the same way they're working from the office? Small tweaks can make huge differences. You talk about Clio, there's hundreds of other packages out there, right? And in the corporate law world, we always see document management systems that make it possible for people not to recreate the same document over and over and over again. And that immediately brings in efficiency. So there's a lot of things you can do on administrative and procedural efficiencies that I think, from a business sense, have a very quick and positive impact on profitability. And also on very big on the client experience, because I do believe that ultimately law firms are professional services firms. So they are services firms. They must produce a positive for the actual client in order to be successful going forward. I'll throw one more thing in there, which I neglected to mention, and it's another element of technology, and it's to track data. And I'll give you a quick example. I have an attorney that I use for collections and things like that in the way past. This guy had a 100% win rate for me. Everything I threw his way, he won. I'm talking cases and all sorts of stuff. I don't think he had any idea that he had a 100% win rate with me. (laughs) And I believe that's something that you could actually track. And then you can use that not to disclose any confidential information for clients, but you can track metrics and you can say, hey, we have an X percent win rate. You can show to a prospective client how successful you are and change the nature of your presentation. I wouldn't agree with you more. And I want to add something to that. By tracking the right numbers for every position within the firm, you will be able to establish standards and get everybody else to adhere to those standards. So for example, if task type A mm-hmm. should be taken on average one hour, 10 minutes, and you start tracking that and you have five people performing that type of task, on a weekly basis or daily basis or monthly basis. And you notice that somebody does it in 45 minutes and somebody does it in two hours, 15 minutes. Guess what? You want to talk to the person who takes 45 minutes to do it, learn from them, establish the new standards and teach that standard to the person who is spending two hours, 15 minutes doing the very same type of task. 100%. Standardization 
of every repeatable process is an absolute must for any growing business, especially law firms where everything is so incredibly labor-intensive. Yes. Everything. And the beautiful thing about that is that once you figure out the standard way of repeating that procedure over and over, then you can look at ways of tweaking it, perhaps automating some of it. There are some incredible automation tools for law firms these days to shrink the amount of time it takes for a human to work in there. And that makes it more cost-effective and better service at the same time. 100%. By the way, here's a plug for you and for so many others who work for the industry with Clio. Some people really hate it, but I find it. It's a great system. There are many other really good systems like Smokeball, which I have to give a quick disclaimer. They're our client, right? Great system, has its deficiencies like every other system. But here's what we find. And Clio actually confirmed that. The system is incredible. But the outcome, the benefit of that implementation of that system strictly depends on the quality of implementation. Always. Because of that, you have to have the right person in the right place, helping you squeeze the juice out of the system that you're investing money into. So for example, for all things IT, I understand that Optimal Networks, your company, can help them squeeze everything out of their technology systems. Well, you're, all very things- kind. you're very kind. We try. Go ahead. <laughs> but, but, but that's the idea, right? So for yeah. example, I'm not an IT guy. I do have tech people on mm-hmm. my team. But mm-hmm. if I try to implement our technology system, company-wide, and I was in charge of that, we would be in Stone Age in a big hurry. That'd be perfect. (laughs) So it comes down to like having the right people implement the right systems to get the highest return on investment. So I'm going to go back to the Clio example. There's a wonderful company called Streamlined Legal. Mm -hmm. All they do is they optimize Clio usage for their law firms. Yeah. They charge considerable amount of money. The ROI on that is spectacular. Yeah. So whenever somebody thinks like, like, ah, should we, should we not hire them? I'm like, why do you think about that? That investment that you're going to make, it's free. It's going to pay for itself in the first couple months. Right. Same thing with IT networks. Talk to me a little bit about what it is that your company actually does, the optimal networks. We have two primary lines of business. The main line of business is what you would call a managed services provider. We're a premium level, white glove service will take care of your technology from the base level, the servers, the workstations, the patching, the security, the backups, all the way to your people so that they have a place to call when they've got a problem. We take over their machines remotely, you know, the help desk. We send engineers on site. We do upgrades. Everything you would want your technology provider to do. The second line of business that we have is more of a strategic consulting line of business. It's a fractional CIO service. So we provide kind of the high-level, strategic, business-level oversight of technology for our clients. Those guys do everything from taking our clients through high-level initiatives, like changing the DMS, for example, setting out new strategies, technology strategies, architecting multi-year budgets and plans. Sometimes you have a law firm trying to change from being a steady state law firm to a growth law firm, or you're talking about switching over to a new generation of leaders and whatever that entails, there's usually some technology piece to that. So we have a seat at that table at that level. Other law firms are so incorrectly concerned about the security of their client data that we sit at that level 
and we do security governance for them. So we will literally develop a risk register, which is all the security risks that they might have. And we slowly but surely work with them to reduce the number of risks that they're taking, which could be anything from helping them procure cybersecurity insurance all the way to making sure they've got good disaster recovery plans. It's fun work. And it's, it's really great working with law firms because, first of all, it's a bunch of really intelligent, wonderful people who are also service professionals in a different world who don't want to deal with the technology in most cases. And so they're happy to work with another firm that is also service-minded. That's really where we collaborate. That's the intersection, right? Because you got lawyers who are speaking law and you got IT people who are speaking IT. The place where you intersect is business and service. It's wonderful to be able to do that with a set of clients and actually enable them to do their work without thinking about this stuff. Got it. What's the most common problems that a new client comes to you with? There's two big problems, I would say. One is actually on the security front. If you're a law firm and you cannot state confidently that your data is secure, even if you think you know, but you don't know, it's a problem. There's a lot of risk involved in this whole security world. So that's one of the main problems that we see and we come in and we help to mitigate The second problem is usually if they're working with another MSP, they're upset at the service they're getting, and they find that the administrators in the law firm, the attorneys, the partners, are having to do a lot of this work themselves. They might call the help desk, and they're not getting an answer, and so then they have to call back, and they spend a lot of time on it. And this is time that they should be spending lawyering, right? And so they get frustrated and it does reach a boiling point where they eventually say enough and they want to move to a firm that has their systems and processes down a lot better. Got it. So let me sum it up. On one end, you provide MSP services, managed service provider, as in all of your technology, all of your hardware is either working perfectly or somebody calls you and you fix it in a hurry. Correct. Hardware, software, it works, yeah. The other aspect of your business We're running a 15-lawyer law firm. We're looking to expand. Our technology should scale with us, Mm -hmm. but we're not sure it's going to scale with us because we added three people, three lawyers, Mm -hmm. plus support staff in the last 180 days. We're seeing some challenges. What's going to happen when we hire seven more? We can help plan that out. Yes. Got it. Amazing. How do people find you? How do they connect with you? You mean like actual contact information? Yeah, if somebody wants to like reach out and say like, I am having one of these two problems. Email me. It's hlanda at optimalnetworks.com. I am the most accessible man in show business. (laughs) You heard it here first. hlanda is the most accessible person in the show business. Yeah, I think I have a little website for the book, which is modernlawfirmbook.com. You can get some information there and you can go to my website, optimalnetworks.com and just go ahead and email me, hlanda at optimalnetworks.com. It's great. Hey, a couple data points about your firm. When did you start it? 91. All right. So it's been a minute. It's been a minute. Started it in my mom's womb. In case you were wondering, that's why I look Obviously. That's yeah. where we all started our businesses. Yeah, I've been doing it for 30 years. We're in the DC area which as I understand it, one in nine attorneys in the United States are in the DC area. So we are quite connected in here. We're connected with the American Bar Association, doing webinars for CLE credits. We're connected with the local ALA. 
What else can I tell you? We've got about 55 folks and we're doing well with it. And I understand most of your clients are between 10 attorneys and about 200 attorneys with 80 I, being like the mid-size for you. I would say actually that's a bit high. Probably 10 attorneys to about 50 attorneys would be our sweet, sweet spot. And we do have some clients that are bigger than that, that do go up to about 100, 120 attorneys, but those are more rare. Got it. Is there any concentration for any practice area like business law, corporate law? I do find a lot of our clients are in the corporate law. They're also in IP law, and we do have some that are dealing with civil rights. We tend to do a little less of the transactional law, like we don't do that much estate planning or family law. And by the way, those are firms that really do benefit from Clio. Clio is so good for those firms that highly, highly recommended for them. doesn't mean you shouldn't reach out to me. I do know other firms if we can't help you, and that's perfectly fine. Not everyone's going to be a fit for us. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure having you here. Thank you very much, Sasha. It has been a blast. Thanks for listening to the Grow Law Firm podcast. If you liked the ideas shared in this episode, help a fellow lawyer out by sharing a link to the episode. This episode is powered by the team of experts in client attraction, growlawfirm.com. Do you want a complimentary growth plan for your law firm? Request it at growlawfirm.com slash blueprint.